Welcome in brand new Wednesday live chat for this week's RSM Classic coming to you on the road. So bear with me. I'm on my surface. I'm on internet hotel. I have no idea how good this is going to go, but the East Coasters uh, get a little bit of an early one, right? Earlier than normal. This will live longer than normal. Drop your questions, comments, concerns in the chat right now. I'll just tell you, I'm a, I'm a pitching wedge away from TPC Sawgrass right now. How about that, right? I'm, I'm down at the headquarters. I'm looking for Golden Boy, okay? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give my, my app feedback in person. Knock on the door. Say, hey, guys, let me in. No, not really. We're playing, we're playing Dice Valley today. So uh, that'll be good. And then we're headed to the RSM tonight. So, okay. Um, real quick before we jump in, I can see people still loading up. I can see the co comments loading in. We'll go through as many as possible. There's a couple of good questions in there already that I'm excited to get to. I'll just say it once. Uh, the Rick Run Good promo, the only promo that I do, and potentially the last promo that I ever do, will not be available in 22 hours and one minute. I'm sure someone will email me Friday morning and say, Rick, can I get in? Can I get in? No, no exception. So go take advantage of it right now. RickRunGood.com slash RSM. Whatever that winning score is, that's the percentage you get back in a refund. So you're rooting for 30 under. I'm rooting for like six under. That would be very nice. Okay, let's get into a couple of these. And bear with me again. I'm on my surface. Let's see. Ryan says, Hey, Rick, thanks for your work. Ben Griffin is popping off in the model, but off the tee accuracy is a glaring red flag. Worth seeing if he can hit a few fairways this week. Okay, so let me pull up uh, Ben Griffin here. And let's take a look at this. Oh, okay, great. Perfect. Okay, I think Armin is manning the, uh, the switching of cameras. So hopefully she's showing the screen right now. Um, right, so, so here's the issue with Ben Griffin. Uh, as I believe we are alluding to, right, th this right here, 210th in driving accuracy this season, 201st in distance from edge of fairway, but he is uh, significantly longer than the majority of the, I shouldn't say significantly, he's longer than the majority of the field and in uh, on, than tour. And on this field, he's probably like the 20th longest hitter that we have. The only thing that kind of saves him, and I don't know if we have enough information on, on Ben Griffin to kind of really dive into this, is that um, you don't have to hit driver here, right? So so a lot of these missed fairways, he's hitting like 46% of his fairways. A lot of these missed fairways are probably with driver. You don't have to hit that here. So do we have enough evidence of Ben Griffin uh, on short courses where you can lay up to positions? Positions? I'm not sure that we have that. So I'm I'm not willing to necessarily completely throw him out because of the driving accuracy stuff, because he might be hitting a lot of irons and a lot of shorter clubs off the tee. And then you look at the rest of the results and the ball striking numbers are there, right? We only have five measured events for him back to the Wyndham championship. He's gained strokes in the ball striking categories in all but one, the short game, which I don't think is going to be important. That's fine. He's not going to play himself out of it there. And then we've seen him get hot with the putter. So if that's the only knock, I'm not necessarily willing uh, to completely throw him out this week. Uh, thanks Ryan. Okay. Hey, Rick, with Tony's WD, how do you feel about doubling up on Seamus and Harmon as a pivot a pivot off of people moving to balance bills? They're two of the more likely winners, and I can't see that being popular. Okay, um, so Tony Finau, and I'm assuming we're sharing my screen right now. Yes, we are. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm just going to check for the first, like, couple. Okay, um, I, I agree. So so right now, so Mike Cavalus, who does the ownership projections, he's phenomenal at rickrungood.com has Seamus at 24%, Brian Harmon at 31%. I'm not going to doubt the guy. He's very, very accurate every single week. He's phenomenal at this. 
I just have a weird feeling we're going to get a lot of guys that uh, a lot of builds that start in the nine K range, right? It was, it was, it was Fino clearly one tier of his own uh, Seamus and Harmon put them together in a tier by themselves. And then it was pretty close to the tier of Tom Hoagie and Taylor Montgomery and Jason day and all that stuff. So I imagine a lot of people are going to go with the start in the nine K build. So if you are starting with Brian Harmon and Seamus power, uh, I believe you will be, very unique. Now, what does that leave you with? I don't have the calculator in front of me, but let's say, okay, so that's 20,800. So, oh boy, I'm going to try to do math live on TV. 20,800, 819. Yeah, I don't know, 7,000 per person, less than that, 68. You'd have to get pretty creative the rest of the way, but you would be fairly unique. They own a large percent of the win equity. I'm probably not going to go that route. I will tell you, I've, um, I've started to kind of skip the 10K range and, and go down and get and get my guys that live in the 9K and, and go from there. But uh, to answer the original question, yes, you would be probably pretty unique there. Uh, what's up with Burmeester's pricing? Yeah, so <clears throat> I got a couple of questions about this, got a couple of emails about this. Uh, Aaron says he struggled last week, but it feels like he's a class above the guys around him and he was trending towards the 9K range lately. Thanks for all the work that you do. Okay, thanks, Aaron. So yeah, Burmeester's down here at like 64 or 60... 500 where is he where is he oh 6300 yeah 12 percent projected ownership so it's not like he's going to be an absolute secret but let's let's look at burmy here because i've been playing him the last couple of weeks and it's been going quite well um did miss the cut in houston but he missed it with losing five and a, a 5.6 strokes putting that's his worst putting performance since still scrolling still scrolling still scrolling still scrolling still scrolling ever maybe no um since since uh Qatar in 2019 okay so an outlier horrific uh basically three strokes that he lost with the putter in 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 two rounds no he did not hit his approach as well but that is kind of one of the weaker parts of his game right he's a great driver of the ball his, his short game is stout but he can he can gain a stroke or two on approach I agree that this price is off right um he was 7600 in Houston this is a way weaker field than that uh, he's 6,300. Uh, he was 7,700 at Mayakoba. He was 8,500 at Shriners. He was 7,600 in Jackson. This is going to be the weakest field, right? Oh, I thought somebody was walking in the hotel room. That was weird. Um, uh, he is, this is by far the weakest field, and he is over $1,000 cheaper. Uh, he will not come at single-digit ownership. There, in my opinion, is not necessarily like a free space in fantasy golf, which I think there's a question coming up um from here from dave like do you have to play burmeester this week uh you know if this was basketball right and we were getting i don't know a starting point guard who was mispriced by fifteen hundred dollars or we were getting a guy in uh i don't know baseball who's in the starting lineup who's more, mostly a platoon guy i'd be more apt to be like yeah that's like your free space but golf is golf is weird right golf is not necessarily like that guys don't always play to their averages i'm probably going to get a lot of their dean burmeester uh, personally, I, I just, I look at the pricing. It, it's too good to pass up. If you want to go the route that, um, the question was before, which is go get Harmon, go get power and go get Burmy. You might have the two guys with the most win equity and the most mispriced golfer to start your lineup. And he provides a lot of salary cap relief. So it, it is an inch. It is an interesting route to go. I think you're either all in on Burmeister or all out on it.
right? So if you're playing 20 lineups, you might as well put him in 15 or you might as well put him in zero. That's that's kind of the way that that I look at it. Um, Jay asks about stars or scrubs and who have you grown more on since the Tony WD? So um, the, the Tony WD has kind of pushed me into a situation where I'm just living in the nines. Uh, that means growing on Denny. It means growing on Neesmith. It means growing on anybody here. Patrick Rogers, who's been phenomenal. That, that's Patrick Rogers is probably the one that I've grown the most on. You know, he's $8,700. He's priced in an area with Mackenzie Hughes, who I really, really like. You know, cheaper than Matthew Neesmith, cheaper than these guys who are going to be more popular. Only 7.3% projected ownership, and he's got three straight top 27s coming into this. Actually, he has five consecutive top 28s coming into this. He finished runner-up at this event in 2019. He's playing phenomenal. Um, that that entire Jeff Smith uh, camp of guys, Aaron Wise, Victor Hovland, uh, Davis Riley could be playing better, but like Patrick Rogers, like they're all playing very well right now. Um, and I and I think they're kind of vibing off one another. So so Rogers at 8,700 is probably the guy that I've grown the most on. And then I've I've kind of lived in that um, lower 9K range. I have had to kind of rule some of these guys out, right? I've had to say, is it a Taylor Montgomery week? Is it a is it a Keith Mitchell week? I probably have less of those guys than others, and then more of Day and Damon and McCarthy and, and Neesmith um, to balance it out. Brock says, I know it's early for a weather channel, but how soft and responsive is the course? Hoping for a, a minus 27 uh, final hit this week. No, no, Brock. No, not 27 under. How about uh, four under, right? Where, where's my random 11 under week? Remember that week at Tory where the weather rolled in on Sunday and Snedeker shot like uh, one over and gained 13 shots on the field. Let's get one of those. Let's get one of those weeks. Just absolute carnage. Um, I don't even care if I'm freezing my butt off out there. So, okay. Um, here's the weather stuff. And we have, there's a couple things we have to remember here. There are not really weather or excuse me, time waves, right? So because they're using the two golf courses on Thursday and Friday, every tee time is from 9am to 11am. So it's not like there is an afternoon and a morning wave. So let's keep that in mind. But there is obviously uh, who's going to start at the seaside courts and who's going to start on the plantation course, which gets a little bit more hairy about who's going to end up on the right side of the draw because the weather is not necessarily going to tell you which course plays uh, easier or harder one day. So here, here's what we've got. Thursday, low of 39, high of 55. Ooh, maybe little those those chips might be a little difficult. Those cold hands, boys. Don't you know? Don't be afraid to run at six or seven feet five for par. No problem there. Uh, but no wet, no rain in the forecast. Looks clean throughout. No real advantage. Friday, the sun's gonna come out. Uh, but it's not going to get too much warmer. Still going to only be 59 degrees. It'll start a little bit warmer in the morning. Again, no real differences throughout the day. And then there's chance of rain over the course of the weekend. So he here's what I say. From, from the weather side of things, there is um, really no tangible waves here, right? We've got every, every tea time within two hours. We've got nothing on, on the radar. Uh, I would build, if you're building at least 10 lineups or 20 lineups, I would build some stacks whether that's four or five golfers who are starting at the plantation course whether it's four or five golfers who are playing at the seaside course i i it's it's hard to see in advance but there's a real possibility that we are going to get into a situation where uh one of the draws was better i don't know which one it's going to be but i we, we do this all the time with multiple courses i think one of the draws is likely to uh likely to be better brent says let's go early chat yeah that's right uh 9 a.m on the east coast armina's up early 6 a.m for her on the west coast um let's see what else we got here 
Good morning, Rick. Any love for Troy Merritt or Zach Johnson? And do you think Andy is right about sync? Love the content and have fun at the RSM. Thank you. Um, so I don't necessarily agree with Andy about Stuart Sink, uh, but let's take a de- deeper dive. I don't remember exactly Andy's comments, but I know that he had mentioned Stuart when um, I think we were going through the betting board and we had gotten down to, I don't even know what Stuart Sink is, 80 or 100 to 1 this week, and he kind of pointed him out. I do not necessarily agree with this. Um, Andy's sharp. Andy's and he's and he might be right. I don't here here's what I see. I see a golfer that since he had those remember he had like those two wins like kind of within quick succession of one another. Um we haven't seen a lot of upside, right? His last top 25 was the PGA Championship. That was in May. Um his last top 10 was to start before that it was the Wells Fargo. That's kind of the last time that he played well enough and you'll also note that stretch of golf it was it was him putting well, right? He gained 5 to Valspar he gained three and a half at the Wells Fargo. Then he gained three events in a row after that. So he gained four out of six. We are very far removed from that version of Stewart Sink. Um, not only is he not gaining strokes with the putter, he's hemorrhaging strokes with the putter, right? So he's lost at least four or more strokes putting in four of his last nine and in two of his last five. Combine that with the fact that I think he's been very, very inaccurate off the tee this year. Yeah, he has. 218th in driving accuracy. Um, again, he he will have the opportunity to club down. He will have the opportunity to hit more fairies. He will have the opportunity to take the trouble out of out of play. But even so, uh, he's three putting more than anybody on the PGA Tour, right? More than most, 123rd and three putt avoidance. It's just it's just not good with the flat stick and um, the fall portion of the schedule, especially this event turns into a kind of wedge putt fest. And I'm not sure that Stuart Sink can get there. The other questions were regards to Zach Johnson and Troy Merritt. Okay. Uh, I think we did a little bit of Zach Johnson earlier. Let's try Troy Merritt here for a second. I want to see what he's done specifically at this event as well. Coming off the third place finish in Mayakoba, we don't know how he did it. We don't have the breakdown. He has decent results around here, right? You know, we talked about this a lot this week. There's not a ton of super good course horses but this is four out of his last five he's made the cut three of them are top 30s no better than a t22 but but that's fine uh playing okay at the moment let me just look at one thing real quick here plays out of the fairway not very long okay i can i can get behind troy Merritt. zach johnson i I just worry about the upside in this world right like he's just yeah look i mean just when he makes the cut it's nothing special the approach play and the ball striking in general, not what it used to be. The putter, not what it used to be. And that's okay. It's 522 events into his career. Like, that's okay. Uh, would probably prefer, uh, prefer Troy Merritt in this situation. Oh, how about this one? Good afternoon from Ireland. Oh, we're hit, now, we're hitting, now we're hitting other portions of the world going at 9 a.m. on the East Coast. Good afternoon in Ireland. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is nice. Welcome to the South. Thank you. Have a sweet tea while you're here. Maybe I will. Uh, okay. I know you love a good putting convo. I do. Can we discuss Bermuda specialist, anti-specialist, potentially any leverage tidbits? You know what? I, it's so funny you bring this up. I used to have a stat. I used to have like the specialist stat and I, I just got lost in the shuffle at some point when I did an update and Scott Blumstein, my buddy was like, can you bring that back? I was like, oh yeah, okay. I got to make a note to, to bring that back. So I'll, I'll bring it back in the off season. Um, the putting special, but let's just look at the Holy Grail real quick, and I'll go to um, – we'll just look at the best Bermuda putters and see what we can find. My my service is very slow, especially when sharing my screen and all that stuff. So let's do 
uh, best Bermuda putters dating back to 2018 in this field. And let's just see what we find. I think we're going to find a lot of like Denny McCarthy. I think we're going to find a lot of Joel Damon. Yeah. Denny McCarthy, 208 rounds, three quarters of a stroke. Brandon Todd, 141, two thirds. His, no surprise there. Ben Griffin, uh, very small sample size. Only 14 rounds on Bermuda. Pretty good. Gaining a half a stroke there. Webb, no surprise. Patton, because, okay. Can we talk about Harris English for a second? I'm kind of in on Harris English. Uh, I think we're seeing the 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 trajectory, right? So he's 189 rounds, um, 0.43 in terms of putting on Bermuda. And we are seeing a guy literally plug the leaks in his game. It was horrible when he was injured and coming back from injury. Then he fixed the putter. Then he fixed the around the green play. Now he's getting closer to fixing the approach play, right? He's gained in three straight. The driver was good in Houston. He gained basically across the board in Houston, which is when Harris English is great. That's what he does. Now he gets the cap off his year by going back to Sea Island. And he finished T6 here two years ago. I, I just, I think we're about, like, I would not be surprised to see Harris English win this event, finish inside the top 10. I think we're verging towards that the the metrics are, are pretty good it's breakfast time though i know uh hey rick can you do a deep dive on the todd father the todd father and have you and lady run good seen the new black panther yet no but we're going to um it's on the list high on the list it will we'll do like a matinee or something on like a tuesday okay uh todd father yes we can do that Hard to not like what you see from Brendan Todd right now, okay? Uh, always a great putter. Hasn't lost strokes putting since Mexico. That was in May. Uh, with that, he's always great on Bermuda. No surprise there, even though it is uh, kind of his worst surface, but he's still phenomenal on it compared to the rest of the field. He's second in, since 2018 to, to Denny McCarthy on, on Bermuda. And this is what I love the most. Uh, seven gains, Seven strokes gained on approach in South Carolina, five at the Fortinet. He's not going to do it every week. If he did it every week, he'd be Victor Hoffman, right? He'd be Colin Morikawa. He's not going to do it every week, but he is capable of doing it, and he's going to play out of the fairway. I there there is nothing not to like here. Let's see what his projected ownership is going to be. I think he's eight thousand. Yeah, nine percent. That's it's criminally low, right? Finished fourth here three years ago. It's kind of criminally low. Love Todd. Um, thoughts on construction this week with Tony out is stars and scrubs now contrarian. Yes, but let's be specific, Brent. I think that the only way to do stars and scrubs is like both power and Harmon, right? Um, because Hoagie, if, or, or if you went Harmon Hoagie, I, is that worth the scrub portion of it? You'd have to decide that. So I almost think there is no stars and scrubs build this week. It's whether you're just avoiding the 10K range or not, which you can kind of decide whether those are stars. Um, I, I think the balance builds are going to reign supreme. I think ways on being different are your stacking opportunities, right? Let's not forget about those. There, there's, not a there's not a wave weather advantage, um, but there's likely to be a course advantage. So no matter what you do, whether it's balanced or stars or scrubs, I don't think enough oxygen is being spent on uh, the fact that you could course stack. 
or you could leave, as always, $500 on the table. Anyone $6,100 or below that you're willing to play? Boy, that's that's pretty low. Uh, all right, let me let me figure this out here. So I actually, so there was a week, a couple weeks ago where uh, Trevor, yeah, Trevor Werbelow was min-priced, and he was, uh, I think he was inside the top 10 for a while, but then he ended up finishing 59. Um, okay, so here's 61 or below. So Andrews Albertson or below. Kyle Westmoreland, big guy, coming off of a 27th place finish but sprays it would be a little bit concerning this tondo goya i saw him in summerlin um he he's made three of his last four cuts he's not bad that that might be the list guys this it's um it's really not pretty um brent grant friend of the pod had a good start a couple weeks ago 35th Gains off the tee, accurate and long. The rest of his game is not very good. This is this is this is pretty tough. Um, no, I don't think there is anyone under sixty one hundred that I'm that I'm feeling any level of comfort with. Okay, so let's give me a little more room here. Can you rank a top four under sixty six? Yeah, let me just get rid of these other tiers here and just focus on the $6,000 range. Okay. So $6,600 that is here, Eric Barnes and down. So, um, well, we know, we know Burmese probably mispriced, right? So, so, so Burmese probably number one. Um, I would then probably go and actually, let me change this to the global view. I would not mind Akshay but I don't think he's number two. I think he's like number four. He Monday qualified and he's coming off of a 17th the last time we saw him in, in, in Bermuda. Okay, so so one is Burmy. Akshay's probably like four. Aaron Baddeley, um, if you look at the last 12 rounds, Aaron Baddeley is like the best player in the $6,000 range over the last 12 rounds. And he that includes the miscut in his last start, but he had made five cuts in a row before that, including a sixth in, in, in Bermuda. So I think it's Burmy, Baddeley, Batia. Wow. Can I just do all Bs? No, I won't do that. Uh, maybe actually I will. Uh, Brian Gay, right? So Brian Gay is probably th – those are four guys I do not mind sub-6,600. Gay's been playing a ton on the Champions Tour. He's been playing a lot better ever since I said he was toes up. And um, this is probably one of the better golf courses for him, just like Bermuda because it's short. It's – you know, not going to penalize his, his one deficiency. Uh, Evan goes back to Burmeester in regards to Zach Johnson or John Hutt playing cash games and single entries. I'm not your guy for those, but I imagine uh, Burmeester being probably a thousand dollars mispriced. If not more is, is the answer to this question. Weekly trophy question. Yeah, classic silver cup, kind of boring, but the arm shape, the swoop, it's not bad. Um, there's the 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 best trophies are ones that uh, are a little bit weird, right? Like this is a safe trophy. It's fine. It's okay. It's it's well designed. I love the style. I don't have a picture of it handy, but um, the best ones are a little bit weird. I'm not sure this one falls into that. Welcome back to East Coast time. Thank you very much. Reading the Golf Digest article, why fading kids or something tells me this could be a week for him to get back on track. And Brandon Todd is throwing up, showing up in all my miles. Might as well. Yeah. So let me be clear here. So this Golf Digest uh, article, which uh, 
I love doing and ends up being fairly accurate, right? For, for being, having it written on a Monday and for also um, the idea that like, I, I have to pick five, like I have to say here are five guys that I'm fading, right? And kind of put them across a different price tier. So I'm kind of boxed into having to choose someone from say the 9K range to fade, which is not always great, but it is a valuable exercise because you have to start splitting hairs. And it's always without knowing what that ownership is going to be. But I'll tell you why I fell on Kisner. Um, it's not for the clips. It's, it's, it's not for the hot takes. He's been phenomenal at this event. Like, don't get me wrong. Um, the, the problem is he has always been in much better form leading into the RSM Classic than he is right now. Uh, he is losing a ton of strokes off the tee. And you're probably thinking, well, Rick, that, that's because he's short off the tee. And that would be correct. Let's go back to last year so we get a, a larger sample size. 26th in driving accuracy, but 171st in the distance. And it's like, okay, well, that's we've kind of ruled that part out. But he's lost nine strokes on approach in his last two starts. And he has been a loser in one, two, three, four of his last five. He's been a loser in eight of his last, what is that, 12 or so? Um, I I just think there's a path to him not playing particularly well, even if he plays out of the fairway. And given the course history, he gets significant levels of bump. Well, we already know it's a pretty volatile, it's like a non-sticky course history course, right? You, you, you've got water in play, you've got the wave disadvantage. Like it would not be uncommon for a guy who's had a lot of success at this golf course to miss the cut um so he was kind of the odd man out there and i still stand by it which could burn me uh do you ever stand for the trophy presentation no uh actually uh no i don't i think i did a tory for luke list's win uh because i had a media pass and then they let us go on the green but other than that no i generally bounce or i have to um go back into a podcast or go on CBS Sports HQ or something like that. So I do not usually stay for the trophy presentation. The other thing is I honestly, I don't even, I'm not even usually there on most Sundays, right? I think, I think for me going Friday and Saturday is the best Friday. You get to see everybody in the field. You get to see the cut Saturday. That's when everybody's in town. That's when everyone's watching. That's when everyone's um, rocking and rolling. So I, I would love to go Friday, Saturday, be home, watch it on TV on Sunday, and see it that way. Um, hey, Rick, what are the longest odds on a player you would use in one and done this week? So what's, so I, I'll tell you, I played Mac, Mac Hughes in the run and done, which thank God I put a pick in because I forgot last week. Um, I wouldn't go too much further than that, 50, 60 to one. I don't have, let me just pull up the cheat sheet here. Whoops. And just kind of look through like the last guy that I might be interested in playing in the one and done. I would say whatever the odds of um, like Alex Smalley are, whatever Alex Smalley is, he's pro or Andrew Putnam. They're both seventy nine hundred dollars on DraftKings. They're probably the last two. Or Will Gordon. That those are probably the last three guys that I would play. Armina told me to keep my distance consistent to the mic. That's why she's the best producer. Okay. Hey, Rick, I've always enjoyed the content. What are some of your top three to five 7K guys? Okay. So 7K range. 
we talked about Smalley, talked about Putnam, talked about Will. Will Gordon might legit like be back, baby, right? Third, two weeks ago, he's made seven, eight cuts in a row. He had a win recently on the Cord Ferry Tour, uh, finished 10th here last year. Will Gordon is probably my favorite in the 7K range. Uh, Putnam and Smalley, no problem there. Hayden Buckley, I'm not super sure that this is one of the best places for him. I think I think when we get to, like, give me, I cannot wait to see Hayden Buckley at Torrey Pines, right? I, I, I want that. I want Hayden Buckley at Torrey Pines. Um, he is such a good driver of the golf ball, uh, and he's elite, and he has an elite skill, and from tee to green, he's great, and the putter can, can gain, like, it, this is a very, very strong stat profile. I could not be higher on Hayden Buckley. I'm not sure this is particularly the best spot for him, but I think he can kind of transcend good and bad spots for him a little bit. Um, but that's probably the list, right? For the seven K guys. <laughs> let's get a U.S. Open scoring week. Yeah, let's. Right? Why not? You guys will still get like six percent back. It'll be great. It'll be a great deal for everybody. Uh, if you remember, I'm pretty sure it was last year. Sebastian Munoz was ten under on Thursday. And I was like, holy crap, the winning score is going to be 40 under par. Like, this is this is going to be horrible. Uh, but luckily things settled. I think 22. And, and Gooch won by like three shots, which you didn't have to do that, Taylor. You could have just won at 20 under, right? That would have been fine. That's what I should do. I, the, the, it, should be, it should be the winning score. It should be the second place score. Uh, I will tell you that I so, – so Courtney asked about uh, Ryan uh, – Russell Knox and, and Sam Ryder. I will tell you, I actually the – model the models that I was running really liked Russell Knox. And I actually might have it here. Um, where are you, Russell? Is this the one that I ran earlier? No. Let me – hold on. Let me load uh, RSM class. This is the custom model at rickrungood.com. It might take a second. There we go. Yeah, very – uh, okay, so here's Russell Knox. Russell Knox was 13th in my model, which at a $7,000 price tag is pretty impressive. He was the cheapest guy. There's only two guys in the 7K range in the top 13. It was Will Gordon and it was it was Russell Knox. So we can do a little bit of a deep dive on Knox here. Um, this is exciting to see. You know, he he at times had lost that really solid approach play from Valspar to the Travelers Championship. He was pedestrian on approach and we're starting to see the big time gains again. So he he modeled out, uh, really well for me. He is someone that I have a decent level of exposure to. Hey, Rick, appreciate all that you do. Thank you. Is it possible to export models to Excel? Uh, short answer, no. Long answer, soon. What are your top three DFS plays from 7K to 8,900? That's a fun little range. Okay, so that gives me a lot of wiggle room here. 70. 7,000 to 8,900. Hughes, almost certainly. Um, we talked about some of the 7K guys, so I'll focus more on the $8,000 guys. Uh, Hughes, I'm excited about. Brendan Todd, I'm excited about. Davis Riley, I'm lukewarm on. Patrick Rogers, I'm excited about. I think that's the, the, the gist of it. Unsolicited suggestion for more drops on the first cut pot. Y'all need to steal <laughs> the showdown music. Uh, yes. Okay. So we are, uh, I tweeted this out a couple of, maybe a couple of weeks ago. We are in the, in the process of hiring a new uh, producer for the first cut. 
producer Jacob, who's phenomenal, uh, moved on to some to live golf. No, I'm kidding. Probably something that paid him more and let him work less. No, super stoked for him. But we are hiring. And the producer role is like very, very critical for that podcast. So I, I agree. We're, we're, there's, there's a lot of things in the works. If you know any producers, um, I tweeted about it a couple weeks ago, but like reach out to me. We've got, I think we have some good candidates so far, but we, we got to get somebody up and we got to get somebody around here. Uh, these are just really nice comments that are coming in. You guys are really nice in the morning. That's, that's, that's nice. I love that. Um, Hey, Rick, I like to use the Holy Grail during the tournament to cross-reference the showdown data. Using the Holy Grail, how do I view round-by-round stats at the RSM Classic specifically? Okay, Charlie. So if I understand your question correctly, we're going to go to the Holy Grail. We are going to go to round-by-round tab. We are then going to choose uh, tournament. We are going to type in RSM. We're going to type in the RSM Classic. You can do any number of years that you want here. Uh, and then you can click someone's name like Matthew Neesmith, 12 rounds. Let's look at his 12 rounds at the RSM classic only. Uh, he has lost strokes one, two, three, four, five times. He has gained strokes in seven of them. Brian Harmon round by round, uh, lost four strokes in round four last year, lost five and a half in round three in 2018. But other than that has been pretty darn good. Let's do one more. Matt Hughes. He's won this event. I don't know if I, if I went far enough back to get his win. Uh, I don't think I did. Where's his win? There it is. Yeah. Look at that. So he's been kind of a big time gainer. He gained seven strokes in the opening round in 2016. He went on to win that week. I don't know if he went wire to wire, but uh, did win. That's how you do it. Good luck, Charlie. You have any information as to why Finau withdrew? No. Uh, he cited an injury, but they're independent contractors, and that could mean a lot of things. Do we know if power significantly gained strokes on approach in Bermuda and Mayakoba? No, because the PGA Tour does not take shot length date, does not take the shot length lasers to Bermuda or Mayakoba. So we do not know uh, how he did. If if I had my computer, I would pull up the um, like greens and regulation stuff, but I, it's not going to happen on my surface. How about Baddeley for a long shot play? Yeah, I mean, so I, I kind of alluded to this, and let's let's just pull him up on a deep dive. Uh, Aaron Baddeley has been the best player in the 6K range over the last 12 rounds. It's a small sample size, but if you're looking for hot guys at a cheap price, he's still cheap, right? So he was $6,100, finished T36 at, my, uh, in, at the Fortinet. Sixth place finished at a $6,900 price tag in Bermuda. Missed the cut at Mayakoba, missed it on the number. Only lost uh, six hundredths of a stroke to the field, which, again – kind of what we talked about with Tony Finau before the victory. There are good missed cuts and bad missed cuts. There should be like a segment or something, or maybe I'll do it in a write-up. Like, these are good missed cuts. These are bad missed cuts. Or these are bad made cuts, and these are good missed cuts. Ooh, wouldn't that be fascinating? Yeah, I like Aaron Baddeley. He's 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 playing much better. He's made six cuts in a row across two tours, uh, flashed a little bit of upside. In a 6K range, that's generally lacking. I don't don't mind it one single bit. I'll be at the RSM Thursday and Friday. Oh, Andy, have you developed a plan for the best spots to post up and watch? No, I have literally no idea. Um, I've not. I've never been to Sea Island, and I've never I've never been to these golf courses. So I don't know. Um, I'll probably won't be there until like Thursday afternoon. 
I think we might play golf Thursday morning, but uh, I'll be there in the afternoon and then on Friday. So keep an eye out and I'll, maybe I'll tweet out if I find some good spots or Andy, if you want to DM me or something, we can find a place to meet up, but uh, Thursday, Friday afternoon. Oh, pivots in the 7K range. Okay, sure. Let's do that. So pivots in the 7K range. The higher projected golfers uh, look like they are going to be J.J. Spawn, Harris English, Alex Smalley, Andrew Putnam, and that's about it. Hayden Buckley trying to get to 10% hasn't gotten there yet. So uh, your natural pivots would be Aaron Wise at a third of the ownership of of J.J. Spawn coming off of a seventh place finish in Houston and a 16th last year actually we should probably all just be playing Aaron Rock that seems a lot better um Will Gordon at six percent is jarring to me I believe he will come in higher than that but that is he might be the best player in the 7k range honestly or at least right now with the course stuff like that that's that's shocking to me otherwise um those are probably my two favorites lower than that I don't think you need to pivot there's there's kind of a lot of single-digit ownership there. Uh, playing Dyes Valley today. And then uh, I don't know the name of the course we're playing tomorrow, but it's in Georgia. You're really making me throw close to throwing it outright on Mac. <laughs> I, I mean, right? Right? He's been great this year. He has four straight top 25s. He's won the Sudan before. He finished runner-up here last year. Uh, I don't... I don't, I don't see why he's not going to contend. Uh, would a middle school social studies teacher have the prerequisite credentials to produce a Paramount family podcast? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. Can, can, you, can you do the switchboard? Can you uh, manage the five of us? Can you manage the show and promote it and create the outlines and all that stuff? I don't know. Maybe. Uh, just getting into my research now, who's going to win? Who do you think? Do you think the winner comes from under 50 to one or over to 50, 50 to one? I think that it is probably under, right? I don't think that's a hot take. I think that there is a plethora of golfers from Power and Harmon and Hoagie to Neesmith and Mackenzie Hughes and Joel Damon and like all of these guys that I think can win the golf tournament. Um, and I think one of them will. Do you think Ben Griffin is good for a long shot? Yes, we talked about that. No, I will not do a Ben Griffin deep dive. We already did it. Rewind in the show. Got invited to CLM club member guest this year. Needs, of course, strategy plays after you're on site this week. Ooh, okay, maybe I will. Um, okay, I'm going to pause here for a second. Uh, now is your opportunity to get your more questions, comments, and concerns in the chat. Uh, let me hit a couple of items. So I'm, I'm, I'm driving to Sea Island tonight. Uh, the Jock Market Power Hour will take place uh, at 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. I will be from another hotel or, or undisclosed location, and hopefully that uh, internet works and everything goes well and we can get the same setup. Uh, I will show you the results from last week's Houston Open in the Jock Market. Hopefully we're showing my screen right now. So Finau was 9.77 at IPO last week. He won the golf tournament $25. Tyson Alexander was 209, Ben Taylor 279. There was a question just a second ago about 
do, where do I think the winner is going to come from? And and I, I think it's the 50 to ones are shorter, but there's going to be a ton of value here. So when you have a, a two course rotation, which is probably going to have some type of wave advantage or course advantage, and you've got water in play on 10 holes on one course and 14 on another, I think there's going to be there, like, there's going to be some guy who goes in IPO tonight for $2 and 50 cents and finishes third, right? Like that, that is likely to happen. So I, I think that um, if you're betting outrights, it's, it's the shorter guys. And if you're getting exposure here in the jock market, it's, it's the longer shot guys uh, because they don't need to win. They just need to outperform their expectation. So uh, Joe and I will talk you through that tonight, but there's a code in the description. It's Rick. Sign up, support these guys. Um, they are they, they are great partners of like the Rick Run Good ecosystem. And I will tell you, some of the season-long fantasy stuff that we're doing, Jock Market's like, yeah, like we get it. We want to build the community. We want to help. So like support these guys. Whether you just go in there and make a deposit, get your bonus, uh, play a couple of free contests, you know, play a couple of uh cash, like we should be supporting the people that are supporting the community, and they are a hundred percent supporting the community. So um, do that for me, do it for like, it, it's definitely a good thing. Um, okay. Question in regards to Chesson Hadley, who seems to be one of the more boomer bust golfers, uh, that we've had over the course of the fall, or maybe dating back a little bit further than that. So he was, you know, 10th miscut T8 cut, cut, cut T37 T17 cut. So he's kind of all over the place and it's not like we're seeing, um, a ton of similar results, right? I mean, his, his, his putter is minus three to plus 4.5 is around the green play minus two to, to plus 4.7 is, is ball striking minus one to, to five and a half, right? It's kind of all over the place, which is a little bit concerning when you start to aggregate them um, approach and putting is, are the two areas of, of success for him, which is why he's so volatile. When you have approach play and putting as your two strengths, you are going to have weeks where both of those work and you are going to finish inside the top 10 from $6,600, for example, uh, like Chesson Hadley might. But when those don't work together, you're kind of up a creek, right? Um, the success around the RSM Classic has been okay, you know, his best finish is a T23, nothing really to write home about. So I'm uh, pretty lukewarm here on Cheston Hadley, maybe a four out of 10. If you're looking for someone who is volatile, um, he he ranks a little bit higher for me, but it, it is not, I'm not that excited about it. Once sports betting is legal in Maryland, will we be able to play on jock market? Um, do you know if jock market is available in markets that do not allow DFS? I'm pretty sure it's, it's only where DFS is allowed. Um, I'm not sure about Maryland. Can you play DFS in Maryland and not play jock market? I know that, I mean, they're still a fairly young company, right? They launched in summer of 2020 and it's like, you have to get a regulate, you have to be regulated in every single state, uh, to do this, which is like time and money. And all of them have different regulations and rules and all that stuff um so i don't know about maryland but it should be in most states that you can play dfs in oh we can talk about callum tarrant callum tarrant is the is like in my opinion the better chess and hadley the higher upside chess and hadley t26 in houston 
when he makes the cut, uh, he plays well, right? So look at this. So going back to the John Deere, which was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 13 events ago. In those 13 events, he has either missed the cut or finished 27th or better. That's it, right? So when you can get him at a pretty decent price, uh, he has more upside than a lot of guys that are priced around him. He's a huge miscut liability, but this is exciting stuff. Plus six in the ball striking, plus nine in the ball striking, plus 5.7. He does not model out as well as he should. So I'm, I'll be adding, um, I'm going to add some upside stuff to the model uh, in the next, hopefully the next couple of weeks uh, during the, the downtime a bit where you're going to be able to choose like how, how often does said golfer gain, you know, X strokes to the field or something like that, because that will better show Callum's upside. Yeah. So he gains three strokes or more to the field, 18 and a half percent of the time. Who is someone that is priced around him? So just let's put a bow on this and put this into perspective. So Callum is, where are you? Okay, he's 6,900. So, well, I don't want Carl Yuan because he probably doesn't have a big enough sample size. So let's go find somebody at $6,900 who has a similar stat, overall stat profile as Callum Tarrant. Okay, so here's Callum, 0.65. Austin Cook, 0.64, and he's $100 cheaper. Okay, so let's look at Austin Cook now. And I hope this works out because I've not done this. So, so Callum Tarrant is gaining... Three or more strokes, 18% of the time. Austin Cook is gaining three or more strokes, 16.6, not bad. Uh, let me go back there. So, so Cook is 29, 16, and 9. 29, 16, and 9. Taryn is 31, 18, 9, 3.4. Yeah, he's just, I mean, he's just like a higher upside version of a lot of these guys. So, hmm, interesting little thing there. Okay. Uh, we might be nearing the end of this. Uh, we've done some good work here. It's early. We're running low on questions. That's okay. We've done some good deep dives. I'll give it like 30 more seconds. And then we can see where we stand. Uh, any other things that I have to tell you? Um, Season-long fantasy is going great. We've basically filled like 55 leagues or something like that already. So if you say there's an average of eight or 10, talking about like four or 500 people who have gotten in leagues already, which is very exciting. And I've got 500 more waiting. Um, so that's awesome stuff. We are in the thoughts, uh, we are in the uh, phase of wave two. So the commissioners are creating more leagues, um, which, will be, which will be good. So hopefully maybe on Sunday when I get back, um, I'll release some more leagues, but incredible that 500 people have signed up for season long fantasy golf six weeks before it starts, seven weeks before it starts. So that's, that's really incredible stuff. I will say this. Um, if you, so the, so the next couple of weeks are weird. We are going to have a lot of like stuff to talk about hero world challenge. Um, I mean, there's going to be stuff to bet on obviously, but I'm going to be doing a lot of, more evergreen content so that's uh deep dives on things that you might like if there are things that you wanted to know about whether they're stat related or not send them my way i've got a content schedule that i'm filling out now's the time question about whether i brought my clubs or not yeah baby Whew. look at that 
course I do. I don't love traveling with the with the sticks. It's it's too it's terrifying. But if I'm going to play multiple rounds and I'm going to go be at TPC Sawgrass, I don't want to have the uh, I could have the built-in excuse of renting clubs. But how how can you not love everything about these Mizunos? They're just absolutely studded, just the best. All right, I think that'll do it. I appreciate you guys showing up. I know it's been a weird week. I said it was going to be Tuesday night. And then I did it Wednesday morning, 9 a.m. on the East Coast. Um, jock market tonight is 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be in a different location. Hopefully the Wi-Fi will work just as well because I think this worked out very well. Last chance to go sign up for the RSM promo. Seriously, I'm like, there's a really good chance I never do it again. <laughs> it's such a logistical nightmare. RickRunGood.com slash RSM. You're rooting for 30 under. I'm rooting for 10 under. Maybe we meet in the middle, 20 under. I don't know. Either way, appreciate you guys. I will go hopefully shoot something low. Armina did all the hard work. See ya.